Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we continue with our study of the first book of Kings. We are in the middle of chapter 15. We are now at verse 15. So this is the second part of chapter 15. And we left off last chapter. We introduced the new king of Judah, the king Asa, the king who is introduced as a person who was Shalem Im Hashem, who was whole and complete with God, who returned the people back to God, except for the fact that he, <coughs> excuse me, except for the fact that he um, uh, was unable to abolish the bamot, the altars that were scattered around the land, those being presumably altars that were dedicated to God, but nonetheless they were bad because God did not want altars anywhere except for Jerusalem, except for the temple. So let's continue talking about Asa now. By Aveet Kotche Aviv, another thing that he did that was good, all of those things that his father, Aviyam, had made holy, had consecrated, the Kotche Beit Adonai, and also the, uh, those things that, that, that he had made consecrated to the house of God, Kesef, Bezohav, Bekelem, he brought them all to the house of God, whether they were gold or silver or other vessels. So in other words, he increased the temple treasury. He brought new vessels, new gold, new silver from his home, from his family's property that were consecrated and brought them into the temple. And there was war between Asa Uvein Basha, Melech Yisrael and the king Basha, who was the king of Israel, or Basha, to be more correct, because there's an I in there, all of their days. Now, Basha, we have not yet been introduced to, we will soon be introduced to the process how Basha became the king of the northern kingdom. But for now, we're discussing Asa, so we're mentioning the war that he had with Basha. Very soon, after we discuss these, these, this war, which is an important event, we will then learn of how Basha became king. Now, Basha was a strong man. Uh, he, I'm giving a little, uh, I'm sorry, a, a hint, a little giveaway here. Um, and that is, is that, that Basha was a uh, military strong man who took over by destroying Yeravam's family. And Basha immediately went uh, and uh, he, he, in order to enforce his, his military hold over the people, uh, he, was, he enforced his rule over the people of the north with, with a strong hand. Vayal Basha Melchisrael al Yehuda, Basha the king of Israel, uh, went to war against the people of Judah in the south by even at Haramah, and he built the Ramah. What exactly this Ramah is, this, this, this high place, but is unclear, but it must have been some kind of fortification, some kind of a wall. Because the purpose of it was to keep people from going in and out of the northern kingdom, to go to Asa Malachiudah. So Asa was a good king. It's clear that many people from the northern kingdom were, and we see this in other places, were defecting when Basha took over, were defecting to the southern kingdom. And Basha built this fortification to prevent them from doing so. So this was a, a large act of war. This is, this is like an act of a siege. So here is Basha waging war against the southern kingdom and stopping his people from defecting to the southern kingdom. And this was a powerful war and a huge threat to the southern kingdom. So what did Asa do? He did something quite questionable um, as having been introduced as a good king. 
Uh, and now he goes ahead and does something which we've seen before and we'll see again. We've seen with Rechav Am giving, or, or giving up the, uh, the wealth of the temple treasury to Shishak the Pharaoh, although uh, we're not sure how willing he was. That it seems that that, hap- that occurred by force, but there are indicators that that may have been uh, a ransom to leave the capital alone if he just took the wealth. And that was the story of Rechavam that we read a couple chapters ago. But here we have Asa willingly taking all of the gold and silver that remained in the storehouses of God's temple. It sounds like the ones that were in active use he left, but the storehouse, which had a significant amount of gold and silver, and whatever was left in the storehouse of the, of the palace, and he gave it to his servants that were going to be his messengers. And the king Asa sent them El Hadad ben Tavrimon ben Chezion, Melech Aram, to Hadad, who is the son of Tavrimon, the son of Chezion, who is the king of Aram. Aram is located Hayushev ben Damasek, who lived in the capital of the of Aram, which is Damascus. So it's uh, uh, roughly the same place where the, the modern city of Damascus is today, in Syria. And that was the capital of the nation of Aram. So that he is to the north of the northern kingdom. So he sent him all of these riches as a bribe. And he said as follows, Bris There is a pact between me and between you, between my father and your father. Um, and, um, uh, and it's unclear if he's saying that I wanted to make a covenant between us, let's make a deal, or he's saying that there has been a deal. But the way when he says between my father and your father, it's like he's saying there is a historic deal between us. Now remember, in the days of Shlomo, uh, 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 at the end of the days of Shlomo, the people of Aram were, were agitators. We said when Shlomo's kingdom started to, uh, to wane and to fall apart, uh, the, the verses there mentioned that Aram started to rebel, which means then also, and we know from the time of David, that David subjugated them and brought them under his influence. So during David's time, there was a, 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 some sort of a pact, and that must be what Basha is referring to. Um, so he's saying, I am sending to you a bribe, kesef v'zahav, a bribe of silver and gold, to bribe you, and he said it straight up, it's a bribe, in order to bribe you with money to be on my side. Go ahead and break your treaty that you signed at Basha Melech Yisrael with Basha the king of Israel. So, and if you break that treaty, in other words, attack him, so then he will stop bothering me because he'll then have to deal with a war on two fronts. The, and from the north, the people of Aram attacking, and from the south, the people of Judah and then if you attack, he'll leave me alone. So, and I'm bribing you with this money to do that. And the Ben Hadad, the king of the Arameans, listened to this deal that the king Asa offered him. And he sent his officers to wage war against the cities of Israel, the northern kingdom. And he struck the towns of Ion, the towns of Dan, and he, and he um, attacked the town of Avel Beit Ma'acha, 
and the lands of Kinrot, I'll call Eretz Naphtali, and he attacked the entire area, the land which was inhabited by the tribe of Naphtali. So we see that, um, so Asa made this deal. Uh, this was uh, traditionally not considered to be the best idea, to put it mildly, to give away the um, treasures of the temple. And this was considered a mistake. And again, in Devei Hayamim, there's much more detail about uh, the criticism of Asa for doing this. Why did he have to bring in another enemy? Why did he have to bring in another nation and form an alliance? In general, as we have seen many times together, for those that have been with me since we started this podcast, we see in general the, the, uh, the prophets advise kings against, away from making alliances, because alliances with the foreign nations also brings in foreign influence and eventually leads to idolatry and ruin. Uh, and so in general, the idea is the people of Israel or Judah should stand on their own, stand faithful with God and fight. It's not always the case. There are exceptions to that, but that's the general flow of Tanakh is that the prophets advise the kings to remain independent and not create. So we see in Devei Hayamim how the prophet <coughs> in Devei Hayamim uh, criticizes Asa for doing this. But here in Melachim, we don't see any criticism of Asa for doing this, just a statement of what he did. <coughs> so what happened when this attack occurred from the north? Immediately, when Basha heard of this attack, he stopped building this fortification <coughs> in Ramah, <coughs> and he went and he lived in Tirza, which at this time was still the capital. Remember, Tirza was Yeravam's capital. Um, he mentioned that before. So Basha went and withdrew to his capital and stopped the fight against the south. So Basha was thus able to relieve the pressure on his nation by, by forming this alliance with the nation of Aram. And at this point, when Basha was now at his weak point, and had withdrawn and retreated, now Asa went and, and uh, mustered um, all of the people of Judah. No one was exempt. This seems to be even those that would usually be exempt from going to war. As mentioned in the Torah, we know some people are exempt from going to war, such as a, a, a bridegroom in his first year of marriage, etc., and other exceptions. Enaki, no one. And this was uh, criticized in the rabbinic literature, but um, it just but, but that's what this verse says. That's what he did. And what did he do? He went and he took down those fortifications that were built, because remember Asa wanted to allow the northern and southern peoples to have contact with each other, because Asa wanted that the northern people should be able to come and worship God in Jerusalem and to and to mingle with their brethren in the south so that this positive influence might bring the people back together, bring back the people back together in, under one uh, purpose of serving God together. And he took all of its wood, Asher that he used, that Basha used to build it with. And with these, all of these raw materials, Asa used them to build at Geva Binyamin Vieta Mitzpah. He fortified the city of Geva Binyamin and Mitzpah. So in other words, he used them to build the defense of Judah but uh, thus removed the blockage of the roads between the two na- nations. The Yeser called Divrei Asa, and all of the rest of the chron- things that happened 
that Asa did and all of his strength and might and all of the things that he did and the cities that he built if you want to read the whole history go ahead find the book of Chronicles the book of the annals of the kings of Judah however this is a really curious phrase and all the commentaries comment on this he all, we talked about this war, we talked about this battle, we talked about how he was a great man, how he brought the people back to God. And, and by the way, uh, when he was old, he, had, uh, he suffered from a foot ailment. Often this is identified as gout. Obviously, there's no way to know that for sure, but it's certainly a reasonable uh, suggestion. Uh, so he had bad feet. Or he may have had diabetic feet. Who know, I mean, who knows? We can all imagine things. But the thing here is, why is that thrown in? So uh, of the commentaries, uh, and many people like to quote Ral Bag, who mentions that this is just show, hinting to us that um, that he suffered from a foot ailment because of what he had done, uh, because he had he had uh, number one, he had taken into the draft the people who should not have been brought to the draft, and also maybe because of his sin of. Uh, of, of bringing Aram into an alliance. Uh, but that's traditional interpretation, which is an interesting interpretation. In the meantime, it still seems very odd how that phrase is thrown in there. It's just you know something significant about his sick feet thrown into this historical narrative. Asa died, he passed away, and he laid with his forefathers. And he was buried with his forefathers in the city of David, his father. Again, father meaning here, even though he was really his ancestor, and Yehoshaphat, his son, became king after him. We're going to learn later about Yehoshaphat, but now let's go back to the northern kingdom and talk a little bit about what happened with Yeravam. Remember, the last we left, Yeravam died, and Nadav, his son, had taken over. Now, we just learned a little bit about Basha, who took over from Nadav, but let's. But how did that happen? So we're going back now a few years, going back to the Northern Kingdom to catch up with this history, to say what's happened. So let's find out how Basha came to power and how he he um, got he took got rid of the the dynasty of Yeravam. Nadav ben Yeravam Yisrael Nadav the son of Yeravam became the king over the Northern Kingdom. During the second year of Yehuda of, of Asa, the king of Yehuda's reign, by Yimloch al Yisrael, and he was king over the people of Israel Shnatayim for two years. By and he did remember action, action. He did evil in the eyes of God. and he went in the ways of his father and he continued his sin. Asher Yisrael that his father had caused the people of Israel to sin. Presumably that means he continued to encourage them to worship at the uh, alternate houses of worship that Yeravam had built at the golden calves that he had put in place, etc. Vayikshar olav Basha. However, Basha ben Achia levesi Sachar. Basha, the son of Achia, who was a member of the tribe of Yisachar, he, one of the ten tribes, he conspired against him. Um... And Basha struck him down at um, in Gibton, which is which belonged to the Philistines. Now the Philistines had been subdued by David, but apparently they became active again. 
now that the people are possibly taking advantage of the split in the people between the, the northern and the southern kingdoms, taking advantage of that weakness, the Philistines acted against the people of the northern kingdom, and Nadav was leading the attack or the, or the war or battle against the Philistines, and during that, Basha came and killed Nadav. And Nadav Yisrael Tzarim al This was a time when Nadav and all of the armies of the people of Israel were laying siege to Givton, which was inhabited by the Philistines. <laughs> so during the third year of the reign of Asa Malchiuda, I know this brings up some uh, chronological thorny questions of how to add and subtract these years, but again, I'm not going to deal with that. So Basha, after killing, killing him, he became king. He took over, so he grabbed, grabbed it with, 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 by, by an assassination. By, and this is a pattern which unfortunately we're going to see as the northern kingdom of Israel descends further and further into chaos. They descend further and further into idol worship, religious and spiritual chaos, but also into complete political chaos. So while we saw the, st- the relative stability of the southern kingdom and even the restoration of the worship of God in the southern kingdom, so we find political and spiritual stability in the southern kingdom, in the northern kingdom we find anything but. Now the king, the first king, his house went one generation to Nadav and that's gone. Now someone else did a military coup and took it down. And once he became king, he knew in order to solidify his kingdom, he had to get rid of the entire family of Yeravam. He caught Kol Beit Yeravam. He struck down the entire family of Yeravam. He did not allow any soul to live, any remnant of Yeravam's family, the Yeravam Adish Mido, until he destroyed the entire family. Just as God had predicted, Asher Diber Biaravdo Achi like he said to his servant, Achia Ashiloni, the prophet, who had prophesied that Yeravam's family would be completely wiped out. Of course, as the commentaries note, and that's important to remember, Basha obviously had no intention to do this in order to fulfill God's word. He did this because he wanted to be a strong king, <coughs> and he had to get rid of any potential pretenders to the throne that the people might be loyal to. But in turn, this is how God works, as we know, when 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 prophecies are made, people's decisions are made, and the prophecies happen. People usually do not make the decisions to do them in order to fulfill the prophecies. They do them of their own free will, similar to as we saw with Rechavam. He listened to the bad advice, which ended up in the split of the kingdom, but it also happened to be that it fulfilled the prophecy. It's a uh, complicated and interesting subject, which we don't need to go into in depth right now. And why was it that Yeravam's family was decreed it was going to be destroyed? Because of the sins of Jeroboam that he had sinned. These phrases come back over and over and over again that he had made the people of Israel sin. The idea that not only did he sin, but he caused everyone else to sin. In other words, the people were ripe to be led in the right direction. But Yeravam, Jeroboam, nonetheless led them in the wrong direction. That's what's crucial here. It wasn't that the people pushed him in a bad way, which would have been bad enough. But the people were ready to be led. But he he made the people sin. He caused them to sin. Why? Because he was angry. right? In other words, in his arrogance, in his own anger. And with that, he used to anger at Adonai the God, the Lord of Israel. And whatever else Nadav did as a king, and everything he did, if you want to know about them again, 
This book is not a history book. Go ahead and read the history book. They're all written in the history books of the kings of Israel. And, by the way, As long as Basha was king and Asa was king, there was a war. And, of course, we learned earlier in this chapter, right, in the last podcast we read, I'm sorry, in this earlier in this podcast we read about that war that occurred between Basha and Asa when Basha building up fortifications and Asa enlisting the aid of his of an ally of Aram and so on, which we just studied together. And this occurred during the third year of Asa, the king of Judah. That is when Molach Basha ben Achial called Yisrael. That's when Basha, the son of Achia, became king over the entire Israel. Betirza, he also set up his capital in Tirza. He was king for 24 years. He did evil in the eyes of God. So Basha was an evil king. So unlike in Judah where we find good kings and bad kings, we find David, we find Solomon um, with failures, but overall good kings, kings that were with God. And then we find the descent to Rachavam and Aviam, which are bad kings, although they have some redeeming factors, Right? And then we have Asa, who is a good king, right? And then his son Yehoshaphat, we're going to learn about soon. And the north, we have bad, 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 and bad, and worse, 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 and worse. So again, the phrase, this is again, repeatedly over and over again, and the sin, Asher hacheti, that he made as Yisrael, the people of Israel, sin. So Yeravam is, is, is singularly singled out. I guess that's, uh, sorry for being repetitive, by the verse as being the one that caused the entire nation of Israel, the northern nation of Israel, to go on the wrong path. He's constantly being reminded that it was Yerav Am that was Hechati at Israel. Unfortunately, this chapter ends on this, this not-such-happy note, but we are going to continue the, um, the, uh, uh, the, uh, the story of the kings of the north and the kings of the south, the descent of the southern kingdom and the descent of the northern kingdom, the back and forth, up, down, right, left of the southern kingdom. We are going to continue that when we study chapter 16 together. Thank you so much for studying chapter 15 together. Have a wonderful day.